for everyone. I am Judah Bernard with the Rise Creating Your Voice. I am the wisdom dialoguer and the motivational warrior of the Rise Creating Your Voice. And I wanted to introduce to some and present to other Mr. Kawan Glover, the author of the book, Favor, How Stroke, Struggle and Surgery Helped Me Find My Life's Purpose. Right now we're on season two, episode eight, and we're talking about fork in the road. Although through trials and tribulations that sometimes you have, well, season two alone is about moving forward. And moving forward meaning that regardless of how you're feeling or how you're dealing with situations, that you're able to find a place to go and move forward. Some people move forward and then we have um, a situation where forks become in the road. So I thought it was great to talk to someone who has had many forks in the road and how he maneuvered between those forks in the road too as well. So I want definitely Kawan Glover to introduce himself and let them know, the audience, what you are about. I know if they watched your last episode, that was more than phenomenal um, that we did um, in September of last year. I was like, wow, I got them back in like six months. That's a great thing. <laughs> so I must be doing like a, jo a great job. So I want Kawan Glover just to introduce himself and some of the things that he do as well as in the community. And also when that next book is coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Judah. It's a pleasure to be back on here with you. Your energy is always intoxicating. Gets me hyped up to be ready to go. Uh, Right now, I am a best-selling published author. I just recently got that title. I am a victory coach. I'm a business owner. Uh, and more importantly, I'm a survivor. I'm looking to become a thriver. So in, in my, my work, my world, it's just about if I, my mission right now is if I can inspire one soul, if I can save one life with my story, um, then my purpose is done. And, and that's what I do every time I open my mouth, every time I write words down, every time I get my message out there, every time I, someone reads my book, that is my overall goal is to save your life or change the trajectory of the path you're on. And, uh, you know, platforms like yours give me an opportunity to spread my work to different audiences. So it's just a pleasure and an honor to be with you um, here today and probably more in the future. Yeah, thank you. I mean, and you see just him being a victory coach. And I want people to understand what victory coach means because I think people hear victory coach and the first thing they think about is shouting. So would you mind giving just a, a small snippet? Because sometimes in that um, that victory, you have to shout <laughs> because it'd it be so over overcoming and overwhelming sometimes that a shout is, is needed in that victory. But could you please explain to them what a victory coach is? So a lot of times I look at the peaks and valleys of life and uh, the mountain, the space between two mountains is a valley, but those two mountains connect and it forms a V. And at the bottom of that V, it, and it kind of connects to what we're talking about today, is when you have to, when you hit rock bottom, you have to make that decision in that darkness and that despair. Um, but the darkness, it's funny because the darkness is where the light shines the brightest. And you only receive the vision for the victory in the valleys. So victory is an accomplishment when you're overcoming something. But it is not done without screaming, fighting, cussing, yelling in a battle. 
and that's what I'm all about. I'm all about under letting you getting you to understand there's gonna be a battle in life. There's gonna be a number of battles. Judah, we were talking about your battle, your reason battle before we got on. Right. So I know you know all about battles, but yeah. there's always gonna be a battle or something to overcome to get to your victory. So there is a lot of yelling on the way to that victory, but there's also a excited, exuberant yell at the end. But there's always another mountain to climb and always another valley to face. So I'm here to guide you through those valleys to get you to the peak of that next mountain. And I love the word that you use is guide because I know a lot of people like to control situations, but our understanding in guiding and supporting someone, that means that you're providing some assistance and they're providing some things for themselves. So talk more about guiding them through it. Well, it, it wouldn't, it would be arrogant of me to say, hey, let me tell you exactly what to do. Right. I don't understand your exact circumstance. I'm not in your shoes. I didn't grow up with you. Even the people that are closer to you won't have the full picture of you because they are not you. So for me to say, hey, I'm going to jump into your life and tell you exactly what to do. Those, those solutions may not work for you. They work for me because I've lived them and they relate to me. But guiding is like, hey, try this. Hey, maybe you should do this. Hey, here's some things you might want to try before you make that next decision. But I'm not here to say, hey, do this. Hey, don't do that because I'm not you. I'm just here to provide advice and guidance. And, and, and because I, me personally, I used to be a therapist. So I know people like to hear more advice then sometimes let people guide them. So I want people to know the difference between um, those, those two types of people because some people will take your advice and then when it doesn't work, it's sort of like you're the fault person. Yeah, ad advice is generally solutions. <laughs> it's generally solutions given based on your perspective. Right. So because you live through uh, being in poverty, a lot of your advice about money is based in poverty. But to right. give that same advice to someone who is better or more well off, it won't correlate. So your advice will not work for them. But God is just taking the time to understand where that person is and cultivating or creating a, a climate where you're embracing solutions that are better suited for your uh, individual needs. So advice is good sometimes. If you guys may be in the same playing field, but when you're on opposite sides of the spectrum, your advice might not uh, hit the same way someone with someone that's in a completely different situation. Right. And I'm glad you touched on that because I feel that everyone should give an advice unless you know that particular person's situation, unless you have meaningful facts about that person, which drive us to fork in the road. One thing is we have to understand that fork in the road, which is our subject for today, is that you're gonna have many forks in the road, um, many things that you're gonna battle with, but it's about what are you gonna do with that fork in the road? Are you gonna take that fork as I'm sitting right here? You can eat with this fork. Um, it has four prongs on it. So you have opportunity, you have air, you have a reason, and you have doubt. 
But understand that at any rate, you can be at any point in that fork in the road. So it te- it means um, that you can have, I think, the whole possibility of road less travel. And some people don't like to travel down the road or see that there's a fork in the road. Then they just stop and look at it. So how have you overcome some of the fork in your roads, Kwan? I, I think, you know, when you think about the you get there and it's like all these different options and yes. you're paralyzed because if i choose this option i can't experience the other three or if i choose that option the other ones are no longer available to me think about someone who's afraid of commitment afraid of marriage mm-hmm. right if i marry this person if i have this partner for the rest of my life all these other options are no longer available to me so it's, you get to a point of decision paralysis and the problem is not the different options. It's the fact that you're not willing to make a decision. That means to cut off all other options. And you think about decision, the, 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 I think it's the prefix, die means two. So that's like making one choice over another. And then there's, they factor in opportunity cost and you get caught up in all the things you could do, but you're also not doing the thing you should be doing. So you're just stuck in place yeah. in that empty, empty zone of decision. And in my life, there have been, you know, when I, when I started feeling the symptoms of my headache, mm-hmm. I had an option to ignore it, had an option to uh, take some medicine, I had an option to go to a holistic healer, but I didn't do anything. And as a result, it magnified the effects that it left on me. But just like at the bottom of the V in the valley, just like in your life about relationships or commitments or business decisions, the problem isn't the options, it's the fact that you are becoming, you have become unwilling to choose something because for fear of not having access to the other option. So it's just, once you make that decision and travel that fork or that, that prong, you're never gonna even, it's never gonna even matter to you. You're never gonna know what those other options could have given you because you've decided on this. And I think it's important for anyone listening, just make the decision and go for it. If, if it's the wrong one, may come back and make another one, but don't stand there and be stuck in that indecision. You'll, 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 you'll stunt your growth. And I like how you said decision paralysis. That was a tough one for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have to say, because sometimes you're stuck in decision paralysis and being paralysis meaning that you're just like, a deer in headlight moment, like, and, and you don't know what to do. Uh, what are some good tips that you can probably tell somebody that that is, a, is afraid of commitment, is afraid to do the necessary things and moving forward? The necessary things when they see the fork in the road and they're not able to move toward the right way. You, I think it's important for you to recognize who you are. So that's going to you know, allow you to do some self-work. And if the decision you're trying to make is you have to choose the one that most aligns with your true purpose, your true goals. Like if it's deciding between a relationship and being single, is are you willing and ready to commit that energy to a committed relationship? Do a self-assessment, understanding that if you choose to do so, but you're not ready for it, you're going to crash and burn. Yes. Uh, when it comes to business decisions, 
in the next 10 years, is this decision going to keep your business up and running? Ask yourself really deep diving questions and not just being impulsive because I used to be very impulsive. Like, I'm just going to do this to see what happens. And then mm-hmm. I should have done this. And now you have to deal with the consequences. When you make a decision, a sound decision, you don't have to always go to or pay other people to fix your message. Which situation can you go into and you could do the most for yourself and not have to clean up so many messes you left behind? The indecision is one thing, but once you've decided, is that the best decision for you based on your values? Think on it, pray on it, meditate on it. I think it's a gut feeling and then it's a head feeling and then the combination of those two is I believe or I know. Until you know that the decision you're making is right, then you just have some questions to ask yourself. You still have some things to figure out. But once you know, don't waste any more time trying to decide. Like weigh your pros and cons, do all those things, but at the same time, at some point you just have to take action. And in that, I, I know that you said do a self-assessment. Um, what does self-assessment looks like to you? And and maybe you can give them an an analogy of what self-assessment looks like to Kawan. Because I I do understand that even in our times that some people don't know what a self-assessment is. Um, You have to be really, it's difficult, it's a challenge because you have to be willing to be objective with yourself. We all know that there are questions that you should ask yourself that you don't want to ask yourself because you know the answer is not something you want to do, hear, or say. You have to be willing to look in the mirror and ask yourself those hard-hitting questions like, should I really be doing this? Is this really bringing me value? Like, I like Oreo cookies, but if I continue to eat all these Oreo cookies, Will that be beneficial to my health in the long run? I don't yeah, want to hear myself <laughs> talk about Oreo. But I, I, those are important questions. They are questions that the audience knows that right now you're thinking of those questions that you don't want to ask yourself. You're thinking of those actions that you don't want to take. But those are the questions you have to bring to yourself in order to have a credible self-assessment so you're able to make sound decisions based on um, what you, what your values are and who you actually are and not based on opinions and advices from someone else. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense to me. doesn't make sense to the audience. If it makes sense to you, let's see some hearts or some fingers up or something. Because what we're trying to do is make sure you're uh, uh, an- analyzing each situation or each fork in the road. Um, meaning that you will have forks in the road. There will be plenty of forks in your road, but what are you going to do to actually lift that fork up so you can feed off the, the plenty of making the um, most um, right decision? Because we're not going to say this is always going to be a right decision, but just know that you can turn around and think about that decision if it was wrong or did it cost you something? Because you got to look at the pros and cons and the costs. And, and the desire that you have to have, whether you go around that fork or whether you sit there and look at that fork. At some point, you have to have a decision. 
And decision paralysis is where a lot of people get stuck, which causes depression, anxiety, and a lot of other mental health problems. But I will also add you that, that when you make a decision, it's the wrong decision. There is a gain there as well. There's a lesson learned like, hey, I shouldn't do that again. Or, hey, I shouldn't yes. travel that road this way. So in that decision, know that, hey, even if it's the wrong decision, there's something to be gained there. And I, I, I feel like looking at it that way may help some people alleviate decision paralysis. And, and in that and, and in that same instance, I think for me, because I'm a visual person, if I make a wrong decision sometimes, I write it down. And I have like a pocket full of doubt. <laughs> These are decisions I should be making. <laughs> so I won't make them again. Because sometimes we re rehash those same wrong decisions. And what do we do after that? We keep making them wrong. So how do we not make them right, but move towards um, our actual moving forward or moving towards the goal that we're trying to set? I think it's just what you said, writing it down, understanding this is the decision you made, this is the cost it had, this is the things you learned. Finding a way to delineate that instead of just taking a loss and moving on or making a mistake and moving on without analyzing and looking back at it. There is a lot of value. There's often more information and more value in your losses than there on your wins because what does the win really teach you? You might have won based on luck. You might have won based on a happenstance. When you lose, it's often because of the intentional decisions you made along that path. And because you take the time to analyze that, now you're able to understand, hey, I made these decisions in this manner and led to this result. How could I have done that differently? And how should I continue to make those decisions differently in order to get to a better result and uh, further align with my goals? I think people don't look at their losses. Either they actually don't exist or they dwell on them. And dwelling on them puts you in another state of like, you're stuck. You're, you're focused on it. But if you don't look at them at all, you'll continue to make that cycle because sometimes mistakes are subconscious. They're part of the habits you have. So analyzing them allows you to get to a place where you understand how to make better decisions. And that's how to make better decisions. I want to make sure that we put this out there. This is your own decision and not aligned decisions from family, friends, and other things. We are talking about your own personal decisions that you make because sometimes we can take advice or we can take comments or um, another word I want to use, um, gossip from our family members or whoever, and then we get it gets stuck in our head, oh, that's the decision they want me to do. But then we turn around and do that decision or go down that road. Then we're hit upside the head with that decision we made by a collective of collective people of decision making. So how do we tell people to go with their inner self and try to make the right decision that's right for you in that time, in that circumstance, in that right now? You know, I was a victim of this most of my life. Everything I've done as far as ac academics, everything as far as uh, sports, it's because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. It's based on what other people thought was something I should do. 
it's the outside world is very noisy. Mm-hmm. But you find that inner voice in prayer and meditation, isolation uh, for a limited amount of time because when the noise is shut off, all you can hear is the voice in your head. Yes. And that's the truest voice. And it's often the voice that's, hey, maybe you should try this. The voice is real quiet. You have to listen really hard because it, as human beings, it's often your you want to be liked, you want to be respected. So you'll make the choices based on someone else's paradigm. But you don't even know what your values are, what your paradigm is, and what your opinion about a certain situation is. So you have to deep dive and give yourself self-assessment and figure out what that is. Then you'll start hearing your own voice. And even if that decision leads to a mistake or it was wrong, it was your decision. And you are in control of that. Control your controllables. Other people's opinions and advice are not in the realm of control. That's based on their experience and their uh, their paradigm and their view of the world. You've got to make decisions that's best for you based on what you feel, what you believe, what you know, what you've learned, what you've experienced. And you can feel better about a decision because when you do it that way, if you lose a game based on someone else's strategy, oh man, I should have went with my gut. But if you lose the game going all in, based on what you decided, well, that didn't work this time. Let's try something else. And, and that's the thing is, when uh, people have the mindset of always depending on someone, that's what I call codependency, is you're basing your decision on other people's decisions. So how can we be less codependent and more independent of our own decisions? Yeah, I was codependent in my last relationship. So this hits home for me. I think codependency, you really lose yourself in a, another person's opinion or another relationship, another person. It's all about getting back to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. when you become codependent, you almost cease to exist. So developing a confidence or trust in yourself decisions so start making small decisions to get small wins and you'll start building that confidence level so like i'm going to eat some a healthier breakfast and you have more energy for the day that's a small step in building trust within yourself or i'm gonna reach out to an old friend and we're gonna and it works out because uh you know you guys were good friends before and you start developing that relationship you start developing more trust in yourself to make smaller decisions and then those small wins add up and add up and add up and then you're confident enough to say hey i'm gonna make my own decision about something big and then those things pay off and you start developing that trust and then you start trusting the decisions you make independent of anybody else in your life because you know you're gonna make the best decision based on how you feel based on how you are and based on what you want in your life developing that self-trust i think a lot of people don't even realize that's a thing confidence it's derived from the Greek word uh, fidelis, and I think con means with. Yes. So with fidelity, with trust, self-confidence is self-trust. So developing that self-confidence, that self-trust is very key to start making an independent decision. And so I know we're talking about independent decisions and things like that, but when you come into a unit type of situation, like couples, uh, married people, 
how do they make considerate decisions together too as well? I think it uh, starts with communication. Yes. Like, I think a lot of people, like, and I've done this before, I'm, I'm notorious for this. I create a scenario in my head that I think makes sense <laughs> and then act upon that. And then the person or the partner or the person I'm with is like, you didn't even talk to me about it. And, then, and I'm like, well, I just thought, you know, maybe, and then like, you didn't say anything to me about it. So first of all, the conversation that you're having in your head that seems to make sense to you, you need to communicate it verbally, uh, write it down some type of way and, and, and communicate it in a way that that person is receptive. Like not everybody needs something written down. Not everybody hears it verbally and is like, oh, I got it. Like it needs to be a conversation. It needs to understand ins out, understanding your partner and then understand interdependency. Like you can make independent decisions in a relationship that you're dependent on the person for something else, like emotional support. But your partner is not your therapist. They're not your business coach. They're not, uh, you know, they're not your best friend in, in that friendship capacity. They are your partner. So treat them as such. You can be dependent on that, but they're still allowing yourself to make ind independent decisions within the parameters a relationship. So communication, oh my God, it's so important because a lot of people don't communicate. They just assume and then something happens and they don't understand why the person is upset. You didn't say anything. You just acted as if this didn't affect the other people involved. Right. Consult, conversate, and communicate. It's really that simple. And I think communication is important, but then again, going there with an open mind, and I know how you stated that sometimes we already related this whole idea in our head, and that's what we go with. And no matter what anybody says, because we don't we don't walk around about two or three days with that thought in our head and ready to jump on anybody who's gonna change that thought. <laughs> so our biggest problem is that whole cloud of thoughtness that we thought was gonna be good, somebody come and destroy that, you're in defense mode. And then now you, it's a big confusion because um, your partner probably had their idea, you had your idea, and both of them don't mesh. And that's why I say come and be open-minded because the one thing is come with opportunities and also be objective and not subjective because when you're subjective, that meaning you're so close to you're sticking with what you're doing, and that's it. And I, and being objective gives you a whole view of the whole picture. Because, and, and sometimes, like I say, um, um, I tell people I'm a liberalist. Liberalist. I'm very liberal. Most of the time when I come into um, a team meeting or, 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 or people trying to put something together, I sit back and listen to both sides. Because guess what? Somebody wants a whole page of information on one thing. Some people want half a page and want, it, want the other information at the bottom. When all it could be is, hey, why don't we split it up in quarters and your information is here, that information is there, that information is there. And guess what they say? Oh my gosh, Judah, that sounds great. 
I just took both of y'all ideas and combined them. That's it. <laughs> and I don't know why people can't do that. So um, have you had any experience in doing that too as well? Yeah. I mean, when you look at the political landscape now, there is no willingness to compromise. People have dug in so deep into what they believe. They are always in defense mode. There is no communication across the spectrum. There is no compromise willing to be had. People don't listen. They talk to be heard, but they don't, when people talk to them, they don't hear anything. They just hear what my next point's going to be. What am I going to say next? So listening is part of communication. Listening and talking is communication. But listening is a lot more important. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Yeah. To hear, to listen to what people are saying. And I think, Judy, you're an excellent example of that. Like, when I talk a lot. I talk a whole damn lot. And the fact that you remain composed as I'm rambling on, it just shows that you're listening to what I'm saying and not thinking of, oh, that's my next talk point. Let me jump on on that. Because when I stop talking, you pause, and then you start talking. Yeah. So I'm, that means your process. A lot of people don't have that capacity. They do not have that. Even I struggle with it because as soon as you start talking, my mouth's already moving. <laughs> um, but I think it's important to compromise and communicate. I think that's really key in solving a lot of a lot of issues we have today. Yes, and that's even in in in, in society. And if I think if businesses can get together and just have that whole total talk point of compromising and communicating that the world will be better. But hey, who are we? We're just two African-American young boys that are trying to make it in life. <laughs> so um, I know we talked about the fork in the road and about um, communication, opportunities, and also doing self-assessment. If there's a tool or something that you may know of that people can help with probably complicated situation or something that you're probably that you probably used to as well um a lot of the, the things that i use are like rooting in the present moment so uh they call them rooting and uh grounding exercises so close my eyes uh what can i see what can i hear what can i feel what can i touch what can i taste what can i smell uh those things root me in the present moment because your past and a future don't exist. Your past exists in your memory. Your future exists in your imagination. All there is is now. So focusing on the present moment, smell the roses at your table, not the ones you plan on planting next week. It's basically, I like that. That helps, me. that helps me a lot because all we have is this moment. All I have, all I care about right now is this conversation we're having. Everything outside of that means nothing to me. Right. But there are a lot of people that spend these whole conversations, think about the dishes that have to be downstairs. Think about the meeting they have to have next week, the presentation that's due in three months. And they miss these moments. They miss the facial expression. They miss the laughs. You don't get those moments back. So rooting myself in the present moment is really important to me. Practicing gratitude. Uh, when I get up every morning, the first thing I say is I'm grateful to be alive. Uh, journaling, uh, mirror work, looking yourself in the eye and seeing yourself, not just looking, but seeing yourself. And then doing that self-assessment on a regular basis. And 
you know, really writing down what you want to achieve in life, understanding who you are, because a lot of people do things just for the sake of doing them. Do things with a purpose. Be excellent in everything that you do, because that's how you do everything. And the way you do everything is the way you do everything. When you start being mediocre in your journaling, you start being mediocre in relationship, it'll show up in your work and your familiar relationships. So just, you know, be present, take note of yourself, be introspective, listen before you start talking and understand that everything always works out in your favor. It just may not be the way that you expected it to happen. So understand, we just heard some great tips from Kawan. And I think what you uh, everyone needs to understand, our listeners, is meditation is an important piece and just being here now in the present. Um, I know I, I took a course where it says be here now, but it taught me even, uh, oh, that was years ago, where it taught me how to be in the present now. Um, although, you know, you might have other things that you're thinking of, but what are you doing now? And are you present now? And that's one thing that our mind can keep just rotating towards so many different things that sometimes we forget that we're in the now and we're too busy trying to be in the future. When the future is not promised to anyone. So why not be in the present now? And like he said, smell the roses that you have in your present now, not the roses that you're going to plant. Um, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> you got to have those roses, that right now rose. And I like that because when you said that, I can actually like smell the roses. You know, I'm a visual, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm a visual type learner because when you said that, I was like, you know, I never heard that, 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 that phrase. But I'm like, yo, I can really dig into that. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking like, yo, like literally in my head, I smelled roses when you said that. Then I was like, Wow, that was deep. Not the ones you're going to plant like next week. So it, that took me a, a far back because sometimes even in your professional life, you want so much for you. But then again, we're not looking at what is at the right now. And I think more, more so yet in my past thing that I've been looking at the right now. And I have to keep at the right now because the right now is what I have because tomorrow is not promised. It's just not. It's not promised to any of us. So why not can I live uh, my best life right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, think, go ahead. I think the present moment is probably the most important moment because it's the only yes. moment you're ever going to get. And that's the only moment you're going to get for that present moment. <laughs> <laughs> but... Where can they look you up, Kawan? I know, I don't know. I, I asked the question at the beginning. You kind of uh, shot away. We want to know when that next book is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually uh, working really hard on the next book. I've been, you know, getting in sessions of writing. Probably not this year, but I, I would say sometime next year or year after. I'm, I'm really putting more of an emphasis not on my story, but the lessons learned um, yeah. in this book, uh, in this next book. Um, and when I have a working title, I'll be sure to announce that. But, um, you know, it's in the progress. It, it's in progress, and I'm making great strides on that. But you can find me anywhere. I'm on Clubhouse. I just posted my first TikTok. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. And 
all those places you can find me. It's my name, Kawan Glover. You can email me at info at kawanglover.com. You can visit my website at kawanglover.com. Um, I'm all over the place. If you Google my name, I'm sure I'll pop up <laughs> some kind of way. And uh, if you want to get, you know, if you're not seeing this live, check out uh, Judas Podcast. Check out all his, all his messages and all the episodes because there's more value than just me on this platform. But yes. uh, I'm everywhere. So I'm sure I, you can find me. Yeah. And I want to thank Kawan for coming back on. And I know we have a lot of other projects together because uh, sometimes it's difficult for me. And I just say this personally as Judah Bernard that to find genuine people. Um, genuineness is a is a is a um, a value of mine. Um, love, truth, and transparency too. And a lot of people just don't want to live in truth. The reason why, I don't know. But I want people to start loving each other, um, start living in truth and transparency so we can be a better world, a better nation, and become more equipped for what's new to come. Um, I give out motivational texts every Wednesday. Let me turn around and look at the number that I give them out to. You can text the rise to 844-452-4110. And also you can look at any of my podcasts too, as well as Kawan was talking about. And that's on my website. It's www.therise.live. You can also look at me at um, Clubhouse. Um, I'm not on there often, so don't come and think I'm going to be there. Um, <laughs> um, I'm like Kawan is, I made my first TikTok video. Um, a while back, probably about two or three weeks ago. Um, yeah, I just found that I'm probably not TikTok savvy. <laughs> but I made my first one, so hopefully, you know, I'm on TikTok. I'm, a, I'm on a lot of platforms, but then again, I'm only here to make sure that I provide a free platform for um, people that want to tell their stories people that want to have their testimony and also be able to be showcased in a positive way. And that means more to me than coming on here, you know, with all of that other stuff that's out there in the other world. So my thing is boosting positivity and also being able to make sure that we love each other, continue to have truth and transparency and also realness with everything that I do. I am Julia Bernard. We want to thank our special guest. Kawan Glover. We're going to have Domo Jones on here in about a second or two. So uh, we'll be talking about refocus, reset, and repurpose. And I want everyone to just tune in to Kawan Glover. You already know. Get his book on Amazon. And what's that other place you're on now too as well? Um, Kindle website. I'm, oh yeah, Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. He got a lot of stuff going on, but it's good stuff. <laughs> Uh, what um, um, the late um, Congressman John Lewis said, good trouble. <laughs> this is some good trouble right here. So I'll, always remember, yeah, John Lewis. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you look like, who was that? No. But I just want people to understand that the more you self-assess yourself, and that was one of the things that I had to do in becoming Judah Bernard and doing what I need to do to make myself more aware of where I want to be in God's driven purpose and also doing God's will. So if you don't know anything else is have the ability to do a self-assessment 
and also look at where you fit in in this, in this world and are you still at the fork at the road. If you're still at the fork of the road, please do not become um, um, decisive, have decisiveness paralysis where you're just stuck. Start self-assessing and moving forward to where you need to be, setting those targets, setting those goals, and also being an active, productive citizen in the nation and in the world. We thank you for listening, and we thank Kawan Glover. As I always say, tell a friend, tell a foe, tell your spouse, Heck, tell everyone. We'll see you on the next podcast. Good night.